Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome Thursday edition of the Two Guys and a Mic Show. Thanks for joining us here. Beautiful, if not slightly nippy Thursday here in the fine city of Chicago. Plenty to talk about as we look forward to uh, not a great but a pretty good football weekend coming up. I started to mark down some of the top college football games of the weekend here in the Midwest. Kind of a big dud, quite frankly. There's not really a good Midwest game at all. But if you head down south, some pretty good matchups indeed. We'll start to preview that a little bit, talk some baseball, jump off the sports page, and just uh, jump into whatever muck and mire we can get ourselves into. 888-463-6748. That's the phone number. Big Dog and the coach at your service. Plus, listen to the music real quick. TalkZone.com. Yes, indeed. Big Dog does not know this, by the way, but we are going to play within three today. As we preview some of the college football games, we check out his knowledge of the point spread. We purposely don't tell Joel this, so he cannot do any pre-preparation for the show, but actually we don't have to worry about that because pre-preparation is not one of our strengths here on this show. But within three will be part of the uh, fun and games that we uh, participate on in today's show. And, of course, we're going to take a look at a little baseball action, too, as the wild card race in the American League suddenly getting uh, intriguing. Very intriguing. But first, uh, speaking of intriguing, a man, well, many of the women in Chicago will say he's a man of mystery of sorts. He's still single. He's still, well, not really single. No, no, I'm single, Coach. Okay. Single, available, and uh, arguably very good looking. It's the big dog, Joel Redwanski. Big dog, man of mystery, how are you? Well, good looking will definitely be argued, even probably by me. <laughs> that, that's another issue. By the um, way, when Terry Cox was in here yesterday, you know, I, I didn't want to insult him, but... I said to the viewers, that's not really the big dog, but you know what? Looking at him 30 years from now, with your, when your sh- spine shrinks a little bit and you ate, you are Terry Cox 30 years from now. Seriously? I wish I, I, wish I had that head of hair. That'd uh, be nice, Coach. We talking about the same Terry Cox? Well, I, I don't have any hair, so. Well, okay. Any, you know, yeah, I any exactly. Right now, good to me. The guy's not exactly Rick Perry or, uh, you know, Mitt Romney, by the way, but. But he, you know, he he could be your dad. A I don't think so, Coach. Yeah, I'm wanna, pretty sure I know who that is. Want to thank Terry, by the way, for uh, for coming in. He did a great job. Author of uh, uh, Deadly Obituary is that the correct title? Deadly mistakes. Deadly mistakes. Yeah. Some of the yeah. humorous obituaries that he and his brother had uh, gathered together over like a three year period. Outstanding. His lovely wife Pat, and similar to you with your girlfriend's big dog, he married way up. Yeah, I'll take this coverage, huh? <laughs> you went cover two on that one, huh? Yeah, the baby, possibly. Yeah. I, I, I have not met Pat. I have not met Pat. Ah, okay, well, trust me. Uh, everything good, big dog? Lots to talk about today. I'm assuming you're uh, up and at him, fired up for a ready big show today. How are you? Oh, yeah, absolutely, Coach. Uh, this is like uh, Wednesday is always uh, today's Thursday. Thursday's huge week. Tomorrow is uh, beat the schmoes, so yep. getting fired up. Yes. Now I'm concentrating basically on nothing but football at this point. Yeah, well, we we may need to uh, take a sneak peek, you know, whereas pretty much we all shut our baseball engines off and we'll 
retune it once October starts in the playoffs. But all of a sudden, the American League, some intrigue going on. The Red Sox keep losing. They blew another game yesterday. Vladdy Guerrero, who knew he was playing for the Baltimore Orioles? He gets the big hit in the eighth. Red Sox go down again. Tampa Bay gets swept in a doubleheader, and down the stretch they come, and here come the Anaheim Angels. All of a sudden, they're not going to win the West, but they're two back in the wild card, big dog. Yeah, that's that's unbelievable how they've uh, – I mean, this, the race is really, really crazy over there in the American League wild card right now. And if you're the Yankees, I mean, what are you doing? Are you really trying to beat the race so the Red Sox get in? But if you think about it, wouldn't you rather play the Red Sox than the Rays? I know I would rather play the Rays, the Red Sox than the Rays right that's now. That's an interesting – the playoffs. I'd say right now you're probably right because Boston's in a major tailspin, 14 of their last 18. And we should preface it by saying three weeks ago, Big Dog, a month ago, there was no race. It was Boston. Well, there was a race to see who wins the division championship, but there was no interest in it because, big deal, the loser gets the wild card. So it's not like this has been building. This is a recent development, shall we say. So Yeah, we talked about it when the Yankees are playing the Red Sox. We're like, well, at least it's the Yankees, Red Sox, and – they want to be able to at least win the division over the other team. And then yep. now we didn't realize that one of those teams is actually playing for their entire postseason life during that series. So you're, you're absolutely right. This really came out of nowhere, Coach. Nowhere. Because you you were complaining in the middle of August that there weren't good races in baseball this year, if you remember. Mm-hmm. And I was with you at the time. We were just keeping our fingers crossed, hoping somebody got hot and made it a race. Yeah, well, we were, you know, it made it disappointing because we were so excited Back in, uh, you know, even early June, mid-June, late June, early July, it was shaping up to be what could be a really cool September, some great races, and it just never uh, matriculated. Uh, Some teams pulled away from others, so we thought it kind of went from really good to really bad, and now it's getting at least a little bit interesting. A lot of teams fell flat on their face. Yes. Uh, Like teams like the Chicago White Sox. Have the American League Central be absolutely no race at all. Come on. Yeah. Part of it was falling flat on their face. Part of it is the Detroit Tigers proved themselves to be the real deal. They played outstanding. Let's let's flat out say it right now. The best trade possibly made in the last 10 years by any team was by the Tigers this year. They traded for Doug Fister, who since he's been with the Detroit Tigers, is the best player in the game of baseball. I'm not kidding, Coach. The kid is 6-0, and and his ERA is .4. four. His, like his whip is like .6. He's won every game he started. He's thrown two complete games. This guy was nobody in Seattle. He's come to Detroit and has won every game he has started, Coach, and dominated. And I was the first one to tell you when the trade happened. I said, "Watch out for Doug Fister." Yeah, uh, yeah. And then you asked me. <laughs> then you asked me who was Doug Fister. Yeah, that was my. <laughs> I'm not sure which order was it. Watch out for him, and then who is he, or did I say who is he and watch out for him? But I did make both those comments. Thank you very uh, much. I know you don't want to hear about any of this, but I've been like doing my fantasy <laughs> leagues. I have, I'm in three finals out of the six leagues. I'm really upset. I wanted to be in at least five. So I'm trying to pick up a pitcher in one league. I'm like, Doug Fister. And I start looking at his stats. It's the last week of the year. People still have not picked this guy up because they're like, no way is Doug Fister this good. Wait, you, Coach, I, I cannot believe the run this guy is on right now. You're okay. still making trades in your fantasy league with four games left? Well, this is, I'm in the champions. This is the last week of the season and I'm in three different leagues in the championship. So, you basically, all year long, you know exactly who's in the lineup. And then all of a sudden, in the championship week, you have to worry about some rookie being brought up that nobody has seen before. Yeah. They, you know, and I'm not kidding. This is like the craziest week of the year. Mm-hmm. I know nobody wants to hear about fantasy sports. I was just trying to throw out Doug Fister, best pitcher 
the game of baseball the last uh, two months of the season. Hmm. And you know, we all know Clayton Kershaw, who should be the National League Cy Young Award coach. Mm-hmm. Even better than uh, the, the Yankee pitcher who's 16-4, and four, I think his name is Uma Thurman, uh, who I had I, never heard of before. Uh, the Casanova, Ivan Casanova. Yeah, something like that. Who Who is 16-4 and four right now, and his ERA is above four. <laughs> okay, and it legitimately, like he's he's he got lip whiplash yeah. one game that he he legitimately pitched five innings and gave up seven runs and one. Yeah, so, I, I was shocked when I read in the paper you know yesterday. I, I never heard of Ivan. Don't call me Casa Nova. And uh, you know, here the guy is sixteen and four, won twelve in a row. And again, I you know I took some of the blame, but I held my uh, producer David Olson primarily responsible for that defection and knowledge. Well. The- there's a there's a bunch of surprise players this year that have put up really big seasons that you've never heard of. You ever heard of Eric Hosmer, coach? Love Eric Hosmer. What team does he play for? He plays for the Royals. The, the kid's hitting like 320. He's got these 19 homers, and he's only played half the season. Mm-hmm. Kid, he's like their number one prospect. They bring him up, and they're like, well, kids are one of the best hitters in the game of baseball. I'm not kidding. The kid's been phenomenal this season. So mm-hmm. there's been a lot of like breakout players this year. Last year was the year of the rookie, and this year was the year of the player that came up in June. Yeah. I'm, I, seriously, I'm not kidding you. These, there's, there's a handful of guys like Ivan Nova, uh, obviously Doug Fister, and uh, now uh, what are we talking about, Eric Hosmer, coach. So it's, it's, what about players that came up in June, got sent back down, but back up in September, my guy DJ LeMahieu starting to knock the ball around at beautiful Wrigley Field. Are you a DJ LeMahieu, or are you, are you buying my stock that I, I really, told people? I, you know the, the the price is very low. If you want to join me, uh, you know what, Coach, I, I have nothing against the kid. I think he's going to be a real good utility player for the Chicago Cubs for years. Mm-hmm. I know you think he's going to be an everyday position player. So if that ends up happening, I'll, I'll, I'll be happy about it. But I, I would be surprised. He could be the Chicago Cub version of Brian Scalabrini. Is that what you're saying? Because he looks a little bit like Scalabrini. Uh, we don't. We we're thinking a little bit higher uh, capabilities than Brian <laughs> Scalabrini. Coach. Hey, Scalabrini could play. Scalabrini can play. He's going to make some good money over in whatever country he is uh, playing High, ball at. Highest winning percentage of any player in the NBA last year. When Scalabrini played in games, the Bulls won. <laughs> let's, let's face that. Okay, so maybe that's exactly uh, what the Cubs need. All yeah, right. yeah, there's a misleading. There's, I always say there's three kind of lies. There's regular lies, white lies, and statistics. And that would be one of them. By the way, your beloved Chicago Cubs, I know we haven't talked much about them the last two, three weeks, played their final 2011 game at Wrigley Field yesterday, dog. They beat the Brewers 7-1. to Matt Garza, who's been a very pleasant uh, both performance and attitude-wise, great addition to the team. Uh, but the Cubs played their final game at Wrigley Field. You had to drop a little bit of moisture from your eyes with that. Uh, when I saw the line at the bottom of the, uh, of the game, I just saw Garza first, and it said nine innings, no earned runs. And I'm like, oh, no, the Cubs lost. <laughs> Because every yeah. time he pitches dominant, he loses. <laughs> yeah. What is his record when he gives up one or two runs this year? If he's like he's legitimately coached, when he gives up one or two runs, yeah. he's like two and eight this year. Yeah, he went in a streak like three, four games in a row. He lost with one run. Yeah, but to his credit, and Ryan Dempster had a little bit of that too, but to, to both Garza and Dempster's credit, both two classy guys, both real competitors, didn't complain, stayed with the team. I, I, I like the... Uh, I'm not saying they're number one superstar pitchers, but I like them both, and I like attitude-wise, they're easy guys to root for, good guys. Yeah, I, I also agree with you there. I definitely like Matt Garza, and obviously mm-hmm. we all know Ryan uh, Dempster's work ethic. And if mm-hmm. you have a really, really strong work ethic as a player, it's a little bit easier to tolerate that 
player. Like when when you know that Soriano doesn't really take like when they're like, oh, he's taking uh, outfield practice, so he'll be better this year. What? What? He wasn't taking it before. You know, you hear stuff like that and just drives you crazy. But when you know that Garza and Dempster really work hard at their craft, mm-hmm. even when they struggle, I don't know for some reason it's like, all right, I know they make fourteen million dollars a year. They're having a difficult year, but it doesn't make you as mad as when you hear stuff like Soriano, who's yep. on a cloud and totally clueless. <laughs> Get to football in a second, folks. We'll jump off the sports page. Got some topics as well. I want to uh, go over the military's new policy. Don't ask, don't tell. We'll get to that, finishing up some baseball conversation. Big Dog and the Coach, 888-463-6748. If you want to join us, we'd love to make it a three-way. Um, Big Dog, Starlin, cast one. I'm going to start off uh, two comments real quick on the cup. One, I'll give you about 30 seconds. Don't get overly excited. I'm going to put $12 million or such in your pocket for next year. And you got Aramis Ramirez, who struggled early when it counted, but again... You look at the top ten hitters at the end of the year. Ramos Ramirez is there. He feels pretty well. Used to be a clutch hitter. You got twelve million to spend. You going to Ramos next year for your beloved Cub, or uh, time to move on? Uh, absolutely not, Coach. Ramos Ramirez can go. If I got twelve million dollars to spend, I'm buying six hundred thousand beers for the for the first uh, six hundred thousand <laughs> people are twenty one and over. And it's, it, that's not what I'm doing with that that's money. Not a bad call, actually. Okay, there you and, go. And who would those those six hundred or those six hundred thousand fans, the first however many games that get the free beverages, and now they're a little bit looped? Who will they be rooting for at third base? Your guy DJ Lemayu. Fine, I'll, I'll let you have it, Coach. But I want this team to absolutely rebuild, and I know Ramos Ramirez actually maybe got his act together. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole not wanting to be traded and all that stuff. But, uh, uh, I, I am. Totally baffled whether or not the Cubs bring this guy back. I really don't know who they have in their farm system. I do know that Double A kid at third base had a phenomenal season. Uh, it isn't Josh Bitters. I know everybody's still waiting for him to come up. I, can't, I love when I hear people will, will bring up Josh Bitters. Well, no, mm-hmm. it's, it's Josh it's Bitters. Not, never uh, for it's the not Cubs. Kevin Ory, is it? It might possibly be, Coach. I think you're right. <laughs> it is Kevin Ory. It's Gary Scott, excuse me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, they say the closest emotion to crying is laughing, and I'm laughing right now because the next emotion would be crying as we look back. And before Ramirez came, we went through more third-base prospect, big dog. What was it, about a 10-, 12-year period of time? Oh, the, the Gary Scott was the was one of their Ken Reitz, Gary Scott. You name him, yeah. coach, some of the worst third-base prospects ever. But yeah. I love the Kevin Ory one because I remember somebody, it might have been Pat, Saying they, he's had a lot of comparisons to a young Ron Santo, Ronnie. <laughs> I tell you, this kid's good. He's going to be for the No one on third base problems are over. Yeah, that, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Ronnie. Well, that yeah. was day one. That didn't last very long, that sentiment. There was a brief moment in time when we had a good third baseman. I remember uh, I would have those dreams. That was my early married years. I'd look over my wife. And for like three, four days in a row, she looked a little bit like uh, ex-Cub third baseman Steve Bouchelle. Remember those, those days? I- I cannot believe you said it. He led the National League in fielding percentage three years in a row, and everybody was impressed by that. Yeah, that's because he never... Like, well, the guy hit 230 with eight home runs, and the reason why he led the fielding percentage is because he didn't move. <laughs> <laughs> it was a hit right at him, yeah. But that, that, was, that was horrid, Coach. Yeah. That, that little era for the for the Cubs, and they had some really good teams in the mid-90s, yeah. mid and early 90s. I know yeah. people might not believe that, but the Greg Maddox teams, they actually could win some games, and they would get they get 50 RBIs from their third baseman. Mm-hmm. That was horrible. Yep. 
Uh, final comment real quick on the Cubs. Um, Starlin Castro is finishing off pretty strong. I think he's got a 34-game on base streak, not hitting yeah. streak, but on base streak, which is pretty darn impressive. I think it's a Cub record for shortstops anyways, and he's one hit away from 200 hits, so uh, the kid is not tailing off. He's finishing pretty strong, Doug. Offensively, the kid is going to be everything that, that I would want out of him. I mean, no people are begging for the kid to hit 20 home runs. If that happens, it happens. Let's be happy with a cap-to-gap guy that's going to be on base all the time and is a very good base runner. He's got great instincts on the bases. He runs the bases well. Now, if he can be so intelligent, he makes adjustments at the plate, he, he runs the bases, he checks the outfielders, he knows the arms, and he always, and not always, but he's getting a lot better at that. So why can't he bring it onto the field? So if he could bring that consistency mentally out on the field, Stalin Castro will be a superstar and have a potentially Hall of Fame type career. Cause yeah. if you can hit 315 with 10 homers and steal 30 bases and score 120 runs a season for, yeah. for 12 years with the Cubs, you're going to end up in the Hall of Fame as long as you can catch the ball at shortstop. Otherwise, you're just going to be another bum. You know, really, Coach. I'm with you on his potential. It just it just bothers me. And then the kid's first year playing Major League Baseball, not just you. And not just blaming you, but other people as well talking about, you know, down the road, Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame. Stop it. The guy's well, played one year of baseball. Don't put that kind of pressure on him. Let him. Let him become an all-star first. You know, I know he made it this year, but you know what I mean, the this Hall of Fame. second year. Huh? I'm doing this. This is his well, second year. his first this. full year. Well, you know, he's the one who brought up the 3,000 hits. But the, yeah. what I was bringing is that's the only reason why I would have ever mentioned it or in Hall of Fame because he's already said, I want 3,000 hits. I want to be in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. So he threw that. He put the own pressure on himself. That's why I'm throwing out there. We don't need you if you're not going to catch, if you're at shortstop, if you're not going to catch the ball. We don't need Alfonso Soriano yeah. playing short, coach. Not okay? just catch the ball, but like make an accurate throw. That uh, actually be the leader of the infield. Yep. Like the other three guys know that you're in charge mentally. Mm-hmm. So, and if not, we'll move Darwin Barney to short and yeah. we'll figure, put you at third. All right, that's enough Cubs. Uh, Swan Song at Wrigley Field. Good luck to the Cub. We will see you in 2012. Remember, I predicted the World Series in 2013. So, no, you didn't. You actually predicted this year. Remember, you, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. saving that nugget. You said you had a gut feeling, but yeah. that's. Yeah, another gut you're feeling. right about that. I've got a lot of gut feeling. My beat the Schmoes predictions right now are two and seven. So I'm going in for a colonostomy next month. So my gut will be fully checked, and there'll probably be a few particles of uh, strange debris in there that uh, the doctor might not be able to figure out what they are. That's probably where the Mississippi State passing game went. Yeah, hopefully. Remember last time I went, there was like a uh, part of a pork rind from Billy's. What was our sponsor back in the morning break? Yeah, Billy's and Addison. Billy's and Addison. They thought it was maybe a polyps, but it turned out to be a pork rind. Just a little piece. That, that, that probably did more dam- damage than the polyps. <laughs> leave the polyps and cut out the pork rind. Huh? <laughs> yeah, please get that out of hey, there. Before we leave baseball, St. Floozy, St. Louis. I'm sorry, Susie Floozy from St. Louis. Okay. Is what can I tell you? Is emailing in at Mike Two Guys AOL dot com and said though, hey, you talked about the American League. What about the National League? While we're sleeping, big dog, the Braves lost again yesterday. The Cardinals won a game, and Saint or Susie Floozy from St. Louis is exactly correct. The Cardinals are a game out of the wild card right now. Yeah, that's uh, that's isn't it a game and a half? Could be. Or is, it, is it a game? Oh, wow. Now, yesterday you said they had no chance. What would you say to Susie Floozy today? I didn't say they had no chance. I said if you get it with under three and there's less more than a weekend, they I have thought, a two all day. If it's two, if you 
if now it's only two days, it'll take you. So, and it's still Thursday of this week, and we got one team playing with a noose around their neck and the other one who was counted out who's getting CPR. So, I, I, St. Louis definitely has a chance. Okay. So definitely. And, and the, you know, Matt Holiday gets hurt, and he helps the ball club. Because now Alan Craig is just tearing the cover off the ball as his replacement. So, it's funny how that everything's working for St. Louis right now. The guys replacing injured players are having, like, career weeks. So, pretty funny. Susie Fluzy also wants to know, uh, ask Joel if he'll be doing the October 18th naked kayak ride down the uh, Chicago River at midnight. Uh, I was yes, not aware of that coach. event. Yes, I will, Coach. You and, will be. Uh, without question. I just want to remind everybody that water is cold and there's something called shrinkage. <laughs> and there's an injury potential there, too, with those with the oars. Right? Uh, you gotta be You got to be careful a little bit. So uh, people who canoe or we have paddles, Coach. Ah. And, uh, yeah, I'm just... Didn't mean yeah, to insult Kayak Nation out here. By the way, I don't know if you took my advice and read yesterday's Tribune, but again today, front page, Big Dog. Front page, they're talking about the danger. It's kind of a negative article towards kayaks, not exactly uh, highly respected companies like yours, waterriders.com. Well, for what your was fun. the name of the person who wrote that article? Because you got to tell me, because the Tribune came to us and talked to us. The day before. Yeah, I bet that's the. I, I, you know, I, I don't have it in front. I, of me. And I got to tell you, they made it sound like it was the nicest, sweetest thing ever. It, yeah, I got to find out who wrote that article. Well, okay. the article's pretty. The the writer is neutral, but the quotes they get from the the people you want to get mad at are the boaters, because the boating elitists apparently on the Chicago River don't want the kayak. They're claiming the kayaks are like undependable. They're crazy. They do dangerous things, and they think more kayak traffic is going to make more accidents. Oh, those people. Well, okay, those people are idiots. Legitimate. You have to, I, I cannot. There are idiot kayakers out there, but I can't even tell you the amount of boaters that do stupid stuff on that on that water. Mm-hmm. What I mean, legitimately, what is we going to do as a kayaker? Run into a boat? No, like so. But is the boat in trouble then at that point? So I will tell you this: people need to listen because when we put them on the water, yep. people in my tour are fine. I can't tell you how many people have flipped kayaks when they rented them this year. And when you flip them, because they're probably doing something stupid out there. So I will agree with that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I just the way I look at it is this: more kayakers out there, the better. It's better than having a million boats out there. Yeah, Dave. The ladies who wrote the article are Dawn Rhodes and Becky Shilkerman. Okay, oh. Dawn Rhodes. Dawn Rhodes was the one that came to to our place and was asking us questions the other day. Okay. Just let you know. So that and I got to be quite honest with you. Uh, one of the we were we talked about it. My buddy Sam, who's uh, the the Ivy League kid from Dartmouth, just goes to me that she's the worst reporter I've ever seen in my entire life. I'm like, why? Well, just said it. she didn't ask. She didn't stay and ask anybody questions who was out kayaking. She went and interviewed people from Poland. Okay, that could barely speak English. Those are the people that she got her quotes from, and I'm not kidding you. Okay, These people couldn't speak English, and then she left. Interesting. So, I think the co-writer Beth Schinkelman. I think that's actually a Ghostwriter's name for a male writer. I think the guy's name is like Mel Mel Smith. Now it's front page. Did she bring up water riders whatsoever? No, there's one other company mentioned, but not water riders. Urban okay. Kayaks. Yeah. Now Urban Kayak is the company. It's a bunch of guys that worked for Water Riders last year. Uh, they got some rich guys up on the a family up on the north side, so they bought them this nice little plot over on Michigan Avenue. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I do believe, I think I've told you the story, Coach, of, of I'm very loud, 
And when we go out there, I don't need the megaphone, the bullhorn to scream. Yep. And it was funny is like, so one day I, I bring it out there and I'm like, hey, do you guys need this? And they're like, no. And then I point across the river. This is no joke. Urban Kayak is out there. The guy is telling the story and he's got the bullhorn out and they're all attached. And there's three people he's telling the story to and he's got the bullhorn out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so my whole there's only, there's only three people on the tour. Yeah, and they laugh so and, hard. And the guy's got the bullhorn, and he's yelling into the bullhorn, but people are two feet away from him. Okay. And, and one of the three was Chicago Tribune ghostwriter Beth Schinkelman. So what the hell does that mean? All right. So uh, without a doubt, that was one of the better moments that I've had all year. So uh, little, well, I have to read it. I'm a little disappointed now, especially if yep. they, they put, like, a negative twist on it. Because she did no work while she was there. She legitimately, hey, what's up, guys? What are you doing? Uh, okay. Again, not that I read it that in depth. I'm but actually reading it right now, and the people that are complaining are like the ones that drive like the tour boats yes. and stuff like that. Yes. They're the ones that are complaining. Yeah. Because basically with the kayaks on the river, they need to slow down so they don't have a, a, a bigger wake, and that costs them time and money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So and they're up to so those tour boats. You should hear those people on the tour boat. <laughs> this, this building is blue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks a lot. You know, that's a lot of good information. They're horrible. Like the worst tour guides in the city are on those things, and and they do. They they like honk the horn at us. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? Get out of here! That thing. Look how much smog is getting created from this thing. And you got four people on your boat. Okay, sorry, you're in a hurry to drop those people. Off. I'm not kidding. You got these massive boats with four people on them and a tour guide talking about. <laughs> yes, and this building over there, it has brown tile on it. You know what I mean? Like, that I love just it. Cracks me up, coach. I love it. Big dog so. trash talk and other comp- uh, follow opponents on the Chicago River. I love it. If we have any opponents out there who want to fire back at the big dog, feel free to do so. 888-463-6748, the phone number. That's outstanding. Uh, hey, real quick, before we get to football, big dog, uh-huh. i got to get your thoughts. You know how we jump off the sports page early and often. By the way, Trap, the responsible American platform, is, uh, which I know you never read, the policies, uh, the 14-point doctrine has been pretty much completed. We have Webmaster Big John Palladia. You're familiar with him? Uh, unfortunately, Coach. <laughs> we might be putting a Facebook page. The movement is starting, Big Dog. The movement is starting, and I know you're hesitant to jump on board, but uh, if it does take off, you'll be our spokesman, so you might want to read the platform. But, That's good, Coach. Thank you very much. I did want to get your thoughts on uh, yesterday was a dramatic day, the first day in the American military for a long, long time. Don't ask, don't tell was eliminated. And now gays can serve uh, openly in the military. Your thoughts, if you have any? Um, I have absolutely no problem with it whatsoever. Now, the, the, so it's, it's very difficult for me to try to tell the army what they should do. Well, the army thinks it's a good idea to get rid of uh, uh, of this, and they have no problem with uh, homosexuals serving in the you know in a, you know that's the best way for I can say it is now the only thing that I can think that you could do is to if you're like a, if you're homophobic and you don't want to serve and shower and all that other stuff with someone uh, that is not the same or whatever sexual orientation as you, whatever, maybe they should have a unit that says this is a homosexual for a unit or something yeah, like that. That's, that I, I don't know what else to do about it, Coach. Yeah. You know, because that, that is the big issue right there. You have people in the military being like, I don't want to serve uh, in the same unit. I mean, it's it's kind of disgusting. Yeah. Well, my approach to them would be get over it. 
get over it. If I'm the uh, commander, you know, you talk it over a little bit. If the guy's got that much of an issue with it, you know, uh, send him elsewhere. Well, guys like that, they could have been serving with people all along oh, and not they even known it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I- I love because they have the excuse. I don't want to shower with those guys. Well, I hate to tell you, you're if you're 30 years old, by now you've showered with a homosexual at one time in your life. Yeah, more, so. more than one. Absolutely. Well, I, I think it's been a long time coming. So. Uh, well, no, I'm glad they did it, Coach. Yeah. I'm glad they did it. But, you know, it's like the, the, the head of the military, they're being smart about this. They're like, hey, what you need to get over it. But there's other, like, factions coming up, and they're just, just mm-hmm. really showing a lot of there's a lot of stupid people in the world is what this is showing. Well, remember when at first, well, we, we didn't need this to show that, believe me. that's That's been proven a long time ago. Look at some of the people that have got elected with a certain amount of votes. But uh, I think it was under Bill Clinton when this, the note, don't ask, don't tell, which now we're looking at as kind of an outdated policy, but at the time it was a step in the right direction. It was kind of a uh, a move to the forefront. So it's interesting how the perspective has changed. Well, I guess it was one of those things where you get your foot in the door. They're going to be yes. like, hey, we're going to be serving with, you're going to serve with homosexuals. Yeah. Get over it. it was, that was kind of like that. Don't ask them. Don't, don't admit it. But now all of a sudden you have homosexuals serving and they're like, well, I want to be able to, you know, be exactly who I am. And you can't fault somebody for wanting no. to think that way. Absolutely can't. Absolutely can't. All right. Uh, 888-463-6748. Big Dog and the Coach will uh, explain more to you on the trap movement, too, where we are potentially putting a Facebook page together. But, uh, Big Dog, I do need you to read our platform statement and see if you disagree with any of them. Speak now or forever hold whatever you want to hold. Oh, Coach, there's a bunch of things I want to hold. One specifically right now that hopefully I'll be able to tell you about soon. If I said you had a beautiful body, would you hold it against me? Coach, at full speed. Thank you very much. Um, ah, let's talk football for the weekend. I opened up the show, I think, before you came on by saying here in the Midwest, it's a big dud weekend. Either teams have a bye or there's some pretty uncompetitive games. Most of the good stuff, Big Dog, happening in the uh, deep south or the southeast. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. And then there's a couple uh, barn runners like uh, Oregon going into Arizona on Saturday night. You know, there's a couple good and luckily, you know, that's the game that I'll be, like, falling asleep to. But when you watch Oregon's offense, you can't fall asleep because there's nothing in between plays. So that's, like, the perfect late-night game for me on Saturday, <laughs> Coach. I'm pretty excited. Yeah. yeah. You're kind of you're, uh, you're caffeinated. You don't need caffeine when you watch the Oregon Duck offense. No, yeah, they keep you awake. So uh-huh. that, that won't be an issue, falling asleep at, at midnight and missing the end of the game. Number 14, Arkansas, you know, travels to Alabama. Number three, uh-huh. I mentioned last week when I watched LSU and Mississippi State, and they put their schedules up on the screen, and I'm like, man, just one titanic battle after another. As much as I respect the Big Ten, the Southeast Conference, uh, those teams had the toughest top-to-bottom schedule, yeah. I, I think. But uh, here we go again, no, no, Arkansas here. at Alabama. So those schedules are incredibly – I don't think people realize how good Arkansas is this year. Uh, this kid, Rain Wilson, who's playing quarterback for yep. them. Do you remember when he came in for uh, Mallet last year when Mallet got hurt? And, yeah. we, and uh-huh. we said that the wrong quarterback was started. Uh, this kid is better than Ryan Mallet. And Arkansas has looked phenomenal this year. They can beat, they can beat Alabama. This is, this is what I'm saying to you. They definitely can beat Alabama. And the other great team in the SEC, LSU, they go to West Virginia. Woo! Not only does LSU play the SEC schedule, they put Oregon and West Virginia on your schedule. Yep. So, and no matter what you say about, like, I, you know, because I'll make fun of the Mad Hatter, Les Miles, and, <laughs> and I have to admit LSU fans can be uh, a little bit obnoxious. Not a little bit, much obnoxious. You cannot, 
deviate from the fact that they will play anybody uh, on, in, on their schedule. So LSU schedule this year is as tough as any as any school I've ever seen, Coach. I, I really looked at it again after we had that little argument the other day when you said you guarantee they lose more two. Now you said maybe only two. I still think they could run the table, but that schedule is luckily they're better than the Carolina Panthers if you take Cam Newton off. <laughs> <laughs> and West Virginia, the team they're playing, that game is at West Virginia, by the way. What a test that will be. That's one of the more marketable games of the weekend. Brand new coach for West Virginia, but they got a great quarterback in uh, Geno Smith. Who was, is that, they got the name right, Geno Smith? Yeah, yeah, you got it right, Coach. You, yeah. you don't, normally when your name is Smith, you, you don't get the first name Geno. You get like <laughs> Geno Cavalier or something like that, you know? Yeah. Good. Uh, whatever his name is, the kid can play. So so far they've played the LSU's been playing a bunch of spread offense. They played the speed spread of Oregon, shut it down. They played the power spread of Mississippi State. They absolutely eliminated any uh, semblance of offense in that game. And now they play like uh, like the the quick like trap spread of West Virginia. So LSU's they're not going to get gimmicked by West Virginia at all. I think they're going to blow them out. Mm-hmm. And they got beat by West Virginia last year. A little revenge so, factor. Was that yeah. West Virginia beat him at LSU? Yes. Oof. Remember, it was a night game. It was, wow. It was one of the craziest things. Like, people at LSU were, like, hanging uh, Les Miles and Effigy, and they were planning on, like, going and burning down his house. Those uh-huh. were crazy, Coach. Yeah. The friendly friendly spirit of college sports, huh? Yeah, don't forget they have 400,000 people outside of the stadium when they have the 100,000 inside Tiger Stadium for those games. Wow. Number 11, Florida State coming off a uh, defeat to Oklahoma. Still a pretty darn good team. Taking on Clemson. Clemson fresh off a big victory over Auburn. That's a great matchup down in the southeast as well. That game is at Clemson, Big Doe. we got to play within three here, but comment on that one. Oh, the, All I got to say is this, last week watching Clemson beat Auburn, I've been real busy this week. I have to find out who the freshman running back is for Clemson. He is ridiculously fast. He's got that burst where you snap your fingers and he's five yards ahead of everybody, Coach. Mm-hmm. So watch out this kid for Clemson. He was the number one overall running back in the country or the number two running back in the country. Well, he's starting immediately for Clemson, and the kid is the absolute real deal, at least speed-wise. He dominated last week. Trying to look through and see if we um... – that's his, his number. Is oh, six. I know. I got, the, I got the wrong sports page. That's why. Hold okay. on a second. I'll be able to tell you. But are you ready to play within three here? I will be more than happy, Coach, and hopefully I don't embarrass myself. Eh, it's actually good for radio if you do embarrass yourself. Okay. okay. Yeah. Let me see if I got the Clemson uh, running back. Nah, they don't list his name. Okay. Yeah, well, he's he's a freshman and he just had his first breakout game. It might take the rest of the country four or five mm-hmm. games to figure out this kid's there. So, all right, if you're a Clemson alum or you know the kid's name, help us out eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight. Within three, a little test we give to the big dog just to keep mentally sharp. It's not a full out test; it's more of a pop quiz. But uh, you got to pick the point spread, uh, who the favored team is, and within three points of the spread you've been uh, pretty good in the past not perfect well, but pretty good well, my, my bad when you do me on football i usually do a lot better than when yep. you do me on basketball uh, this is an interesting one the one we just talked about florida state at clemson first of all who's your favorite and then second of all by how much um i would put florida state as a two-point favorite that's probably i i would have guessed but you uh, lose on the first one you're off by a point clemson at home favored by two some respect for the fighting tiger. Yeah, that's that, that was a tough one. That was a tough one. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, no, they they can play, coach. They, they their offense is legit. So 
LSU at West Virginia, the Mountaineer. I'm going to have to go. LSU is a seven-point favorite in that game. Are they? Not by much. Half a point. Yeah, five and a half. LSU. Okay, good. good. LSU. Don't forget tomorrow we'll play Beat the Schmoes. If any of these picks uh, float your boat, pick your fancy a little bit, and you want to make your picks tomorrow, you can do that. Any three games, high school, college, or pro against the spread. Dog on the year so far on Beat the Schmoes, you are, uh, again, against the spread, a uh, more than impressive 7-2. and two. And and just to let you know, Coach, whatever one that I'm furthest away the most wrong on, I'm gonna on these picks is the one I'm probably gonna pick. Interesting. That will make the most sense to me. Interesting. By the way, you are neck and neck with a couple other highly respected radio people. Our producer David Olson, after a rough initial year, you know how tough that uh, that virgin year at Beat the Schmoes can be. Yeah, you you fall into all the traps, and then you yes. don't realize like home home underdogs yeah. are like money yeah. in the bank, you know stuff like that. First That's time as a virgin picker, you you make your picks too quick, you don't think things throughout, you know it, it can happen. But the yeah. second year, David Olson, a seven and two, and ex radio producer Swamp Rat, also seven and two in a year. So the three of you are more than making up for my uh, brutal performance thus far. If you if you cover the spread of a game that no one's there to see. You truly cover the spread. <laughs> You're alluding to the fact Swamp Rat picks, uh, what was it, McLean School of the Arts and Sciences last week? Yeah, I guess the culinary school. Yeah. Yeah. And I was shocked that the culinary school got beat. I would have figured, you know, cookers over over uh, painters. All right. Uh, within three, you are one on one so far, right? Yeah. How about. I was, I was off by a half point, no point. Notre Dame at. Pittsburgh, pretty good battle. Pittsburgh coming off that last-minute heartbreaking defeat, 31-27. At Pittsburgh, uh, Notre Dame would be a four-point favorite in that coach. Boy, you are squeaking by by the skin of your chinny-chin-chin. Six and a half. Okay, okay. Notre Dame by six and a half. I'm trying to tell you there is I would take Pittsburgh in that game, people. Watch out, though. Dave Wansdale will have his Pitt Panthers fired up to play. I think Dave Campo is now coaching that (laughs) book. Well, I knew it was one of those retread Dave's. Yeah. Um, eh, let's test you out on this one. A little bit tougher. Penn State. Uh-huh. Uh, Eastern Michigan, and it's at Penn State. Yeah, obviously. They're not traveling to Eastern Michigan. You kidding me? Paterno would never make that trip nowadays. This is a tough one. Within three, this is going to put the dog uh, to the, oh, dog yeah, to this, the test. This, this is going to be impossible. Eastern Michigan is a joke. Uh, and, but Penn State has been known just to ravage teams real early. 38 points, Coach. 29. Okay. 29. Penn, it's still I Penn State. Take, I would take Penn State. They're going to they're gonna win 45. Well, I, you forget the fact that their uh, combo quarterbacks, what is it, Matt McClain and Rob Bolden? Oh, that's Be- right. Between the two of them, you and me, have the same amount of touchdown passes as they do this year. Yeah, see, but they, they tend to do that. They tend to beat, like, Kent by 100 every year in the, yeah. in the beginning. They play, like, the worst possible match team. Mm-hmm. And they get everything together after they lose to Alabama every year. So yeah. that's that. Well, that's it's tough. Twenty nine points is a lot, but Eastern Michigan's back. Mm-hmm. All right. How about uh, Alabama hosting the Arkansas Razorback? The game is at Alabama. The fans will be rocking. Wow. Now this is a phenomenal game, and I was I was I'll probably pick this game and beat the Schmoes to be honest with you because I, I like to think it's the biggest game of the weekend. But Alabama, obviously the favorite. So it's how many points, and I'm going to say eight and a half, Coach. Woo! You are really walking the tightrope, but you get in 11 and a half. You're exactly within three. 
That's a lot of respect for Alabama. I will. You, you, I have got to take Arkansas in that game, Coach. Eleven and a half. Thank you very much to the betting guys. I was thinking more like seven. I'm glad I pushed it up to eight and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, uh, that will be. I might beat the Schmoes tomorrow. All right. Okay. All right. You only get to pick three games. Don't forget the pros too. We got some good matchups in pro football. We'll feature them tomorrow. But two and zero Buffalo hosting New England. That's one of the better games there. Houston and New Orleans. I like that matchup. Yeah, Houston at, at New Orleans. At New Orleans. Oh, yeah, New Orleans would have to be a five and a half point. Well, pick. even forgetting about the point spread, we're done with within three now. Okay. You, you uh, passed the test barely. If I were your teacher, I'd make you do another paper over the weekend, but you did pass. It's all that counts. <laughs> you know, close only counts in hand, grenades, driving, movies, yada, yada, yada. But uh, your comments on this now, two teams that still have to prove to the football world out there that, that they're for real this year, and that's the Houston Texans and the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Houston at New Orleans, New England visiting Buffalo. Which team do you think has got a better chance of pulling it off? Um, that, that's a, uh, between the, if I'm going to guess between the two, I would say the Texans. Okay. No, no, I'm going to go with the Bills. The, the Texans are still without Arian Foster. they got to go into New Orleans. New Orleans has got a, a, a very improved defense, it looks like. Yeah. A uh, little Bills, bit of momentum after last week, courtesy of our bear. Yeah, and, the, you know, the Bills playing a divisional game at home. You know, and to them, this is a benchmark game. This is good. This has been a benchmark game for them all offseason long, too. You know, they've kind of been playing in this game as, as with the third game of the season. Mm-hmm. The Saints and the, the Texans aren't in the same division. The Texans are going on the road. I, I'm going to definitely say the Bills have a better shot of pulling it off. And, and let's face it, the Bills defense so far looks average and their offense looks phenomenal looks unstoppable and uh that's kind of like how the, the patriots are so they match up with the patriots I, it's, it's going to be a nice day out there and maybe it's mm-hmm. a, a 35 34 game and the the patriots or the the bills come out it's on top. A possible upset possible upset i always look for the psychological factor in the game we talk a little football here you want to Join us, Big Dog and the Coach, at your service. We do this uh, five days a week, one hour a day, five and toto. We're at your service, and uh, we don't charge you. It's free of charge. Our uh, medical expertise, if you will, free of charge, folks. No no risk, no reward. 888-463-6748, if you call up, you will talk to our producer, David Olson. If he tries to charge you, if he tries to give you a little 1-800-stick-contribute, disregard that. Tell them to put you right through, because that's happened in the past, Big Dub. But uh, I hate to give you away for free, but you are free of charge. But yeah. I, I look for the psychological aspect of it. And, you know, New England, uh, well, two things here. I, they're good. I don't think the Patriots are as good as they played the first two games. And Buffalo can go into this game with the fans going crazy, because Buffalo, what else is there to root for but football? And no pressure at all. This is one of those games where if you lose, no big deal. But if we win, all of a sudden we're the pride and joy and the toast of the National Football League. So I like that that loosey goosey psychological aspect that the Bills have going for them. I like it. I definitely like it. But the, you know, this game is pretty important for the Bills because th- that division is loaded with the with the Jets. Obviously, I think the Dolphins can be counted out. I don't think they can contend with the with the Bills or the or the Jets or the Patriots. So kind of like the American League East in baseball, you know, the AFC East right now, you, but the difference is, you know, there's only two wild card teams 
and the other four div- and four division winners. So you can get some really good teams that don't make the playoffs because of the goofy way that the NFL is set up right now. Mm-hmm. This game is really important because if you win a division, you're obviously in the playoffs, and you can be 11 and five in the AFC East and not make the playoffs like that has happened to the Patriots before. Yep. And on the other hand, you could be six and ten and possibly win the AFC Western Division. Yeah, that, exactly. That is the West. It's jacked up. I hate yeah. the way that the playoffs are set up in the NFL. Because if you think about if you think about what the AFC East is like, if you think about what the NFC North is like, and as Bear fans, you just got to shrug your head. Because, let's face it, the, the Bears are going to have a very, very rough road to hoe in order to win this division with Detroit and someone called the Green Bay Packers in it. You know, I'm, I'm really worried the Bears go 10-6 and six this year you know, finish second to the Packers, and they don't make the playoffs somehow. And the, hey, the NFC West has a 7-9 and nine team going to the playoffs again. So mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm worried that's going to happen. So yep. when you start cons- – uh, players consider stuff like that to go crazy. But you're right. Being able to be loosey-goosey like the Bills need to be in order to beat the Patriots, go out mm-hmm. there, have fun, play football, be fast, you don't want to think about stuff like that. But it's an important game, Coach. That's going to be fun to watch. And, uh, you know, the only mini argument I would make to what you just said is I do, you know, I've always emphasized, you know, if there's a division, let's put some credit in winning the division. Otherwise, what's the purpose of even having the division? So I do like the fact that a division champ, even if their record's a little bit worse, if you win your division, even if you have to play the extra game, you should be able to make the playoffs if you win your division. Well, I just don't like the fact there's 14 divisions. Well, okay, that good point. It's just, oh, yay, one of four teams automatically yeah. makes the playoffs. Yeah. No matter what, one of these four teams make the playoffs. It is, it's, it's, it's just there's too many divisions with too few teams. Mm-hmm. Like I, we need eight teams, four divisions. Speaking of that, and I completely agree with you, completely agree, and that would make a division championship much Are you more... kidding me? I'd wave the banner. I'd be more than happy to be like, yes, the Bears won the NFC, well, like the, the North division of eight teams mm-hmm. uh, that would be a proud season for me yep um it's a good transition because it's a topic i've had on my list for a couple of days big dog have not been able to bring it up in the limited time we are allowed by the way we're pushing for a two hour show hopefully in the future uh, that might happen on the other hand management is looking maybe to bring us down to 20 minutes so we're pushing for two hours dog they're trying to push us down to 20 minutes where we fall who knows what do you think? Can we do a 20-minute sports update? Technically, if you do the math, we would actually get an extra 10 minutes out of it. So that's cool, Coach. <laughs> oh, like a dead – are you going with the median or uh, the average? Yeah, the median. The median yeah. Okay. I always like medians better than averages. Um, but that brings me to the – you mentioned divisions in uh, National Football League. What about what's going on in college football now? Tip of the iceberg. Tip of the iceberg, but but the uh, pieces are starting to fall off here. The most recent one, Syracuse and Pitt, uh-huh. announcing that they're going to be headed to the Athletic Coast Conference in Connecticut, will follow Big 12 and the Big East might combine all kinds of things going on. In the long run, dog, will this be good for our college sports? This is horrible, Coach. Uh-oh. Horrible. Uh-oh, why? Okay, let, let, let's face this. Uh, I, I just want to say, is like you said you are going to bring this up a couple days ago, right? Well, what you said to what it is now, what the reason why, everything has totally changed in those two days. Okay. Well, it, it, it has. Just like for who's going where and what's going what. But just to let you know, it has already come back to what you had as your original thought two days ago. Every, every, this changes by the hour. What school's going where and it's, it's pathetic. 
And Jim Beheim is right about one thing. This is a total football move. It's all about football. And I love college football, and all these people are going for the quick buck. But here is the problem. All of a sudden, because of this, major rivalries are getting ripped apart. Pittsburgh versus West Virginia is going to get ripped apart. Okay, they've been playing for 110 years. What, you're not going to play it anymore? Why not? They can, they can still schedule it. But um, well, they well they're not, they don't have any non-conference games scheduled, so now it's an issue. Now the and the schools don't are not deciding because they're so upset that uh, West Virginia is so upset that Pittsburgh left the Big East. They're not they're talking about not re- upping the the rivalry. I mean, like but stuff like this, like you're pulling Texas and Oklahoma apart, so now Texas and Oklahoma are eventually going to have to play like a non-conference game like they used to. There's a bunch of issues going on, but it all starts with this: Notre Dame, University of Notre Dame does not want to give up football independence because they're because they make so much money off it. They have their own television network. They have their own uh, way to get into the BCS. So what ends up happening, they're in the Big East in every other sport, all the Olympic sports, every other sport, okay, but they don't want to give them football. So Pittsburgh and Syracuse decide, you know what, even though Big East was originally set up as a basketball conference, we're going to jump because for football we'll make a lot more money. We're going to get rid of all these great basketball rivalries that we have in a conference and go to the ACC for more money. But if Notre Dame was playing football in the Big <laughs> East, there's no reason, there's no way that they would ever leave. So it ends up happening. Now, the Big Ten started all of this, Coach, when they tried to get Penn State and Notre Dame to jump in 1990. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to sit there and act like the, the, the Big Ten started all of this madness 20 years ago, okay? And there, there's a ripple effect every time, and it gets worse and worse and worse. And now we're at, like, the... We're at the but like the monsoon part of it, Coach, and now we're getting deluged by all this movement. Are you kidding me that the, the Texas A&M in the Southeastern Conference, Texas Christian in the Big East, that makes no sense. It, Boise State moves to the Mountain West so they can get an upgrade in conference, and right when they move, Utah jumps to the, to the Pac-12. The, the idea that a team in Texas, one could be on the PAC conference, the Pacific conference, the other one is in the Southeast conference. Does that make any sense, Coach? And to tear these rivalries apart, and it is all about money. Now, the reason why uh, Texas A&M left the Big 12 is because they were upset that Texas would not share their television money with the rest of the Big 12 conference. So basically, just say you're in the conference. You're, uh, you're Oklahoma State. You play at Texas. Your game is, is televised on the uh, the Longhorn Network. You get zero money from that. So the rest of the Big 12 schools, like Texas, they were like, we're not going to be in here. We're not going to deal with, with Texas if you're going to do that. So now Texas is kind of sitting there like, oh, no, we're in a conference with only Oklahoma. Are you kidding me? Kansas State and Iowa State are in our conference. We look like a bunch of idiots now. Mm-hmm. So they try to get in the Pac, uh, Pac-12, and the Pac-12 is like, yeah, no problem, Texas. All you have to do is share your long television money. They're like, no, we won't do it. Well, guess what? Texas is going to be out in the middle of nowhere with Notre Dame. And schools like Iowa State and Kansas State and Kansas, these schools are going to get totally botched right in the you-know-where, Coach. This is ridiculous, these, these money. And these money grabs for the short term are hurting long-time traditional rivals. And I know this. When I grew up as a, as a football fan, the reason why I love football so much was the passion. And I knew one thing, as a diehard Illinois fan, when the Iowa game came, I was watching football because that's what you did as an Illinois fan when they were playing Iowa. I love that atmosphere. Well, if you start breaking up these longtime traditional rivals, all of a sudden some of that passion, the love of the game, and I know it's football, so you'll get new rivalries, Coach, but that pride, that tradition of getting together, 
is you can't break that up. So this short-term money grab is going to be a long-term uh, thing that's going to actually hurt the game of football. Forget the money issue, but it's going to hurt the game of football. Stop being so toast and avoiding the question, will you? Okay, I will. <laughs> by the way, in there, well put, by my, my friend, well put, both emotionally and uh, from a strategic standpoint. Um, I think he answered one of my questions, but one was, I see all this movement, particularly Big East to the ACC. Is it just football, or will that include basketball, cross-country, field hockey, soccer, soccer, et cetera? I didn't mean to like, like have people get confused by what I said. When I said it's all about football, that's the reason why they're doing it, because that is the most monetary sport in all of, in all the college athletics. But all they, they are now part of the ACC. So okay. when, the, when Syracuse laces them up in every single sport, they're mm-hmm. an ACC team okay. for now, whether it's men's lacrosse, men's basketball, girls rowing. Okay? Okay. Hasn't there been, and I'm trying to think, and I can't think of a specific, hasn't there been teams in the past that have, Moved to conference just for football, but stayed in their old conference for uh, everything else? Texas Christian. They did that to the Big East. Yeah. The Texas Christian is everything besides football. Okay. Uh, and in the uh, uh, the Mountain West, mm-hmm. okay, and their Big East football. But now they want to go back to the Mountain West because who really cares if you win a conference and you've beaten Louisville and Cincinnati? And no offense to those teams, okay, but that is – you joined, you left Conference USA to go join the Big East because you thought you were up on your level. Well, guess what? Once you upped your level, the rest of the teams in that conference, which were high-profile football teams, didn't want to be associated with you anymore, so they left. So now you're stuck with being in uh, the Big East. Well, maybe you shouldn't have grabbed the money about five years ago and your institution wouldn't be in this freaking problem. That's the, really. So when I hear these people complaining about it, these Big East schools, well, you jumped and you left the Conference USA a few years ago, so why don't you wake up and smell Interesting. the coffee? Interesting. Question coming in via email from Shalom Yamama. Or I guess it's Shalom Yamama. Wants uh-huh. to know at TCU, are there any Jewish fraternities that he could join at TCU? Apparently, Shalom Yamama is going there next year. I got I to gotta tell you something. Uh, as, a, as a Jew at a Christian school, you can get it done, okay? So you think there is? A little Zeta Beta Phi at a Texas Christian? I would think you'd want to play that one by yourself. I don't think you'd want to be in the whole fraternity. Okay. So you join a fraternity or start it and like you're the only member? Well, I gotta tell you something. The, the pita bread from the Greek Jews are phenomenal. <laughs> okay, coach. <laughs> this is nothing like it. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. Maybe we should get, uh, Shaloma Yo Mama and, uh, Susie Floozy from St. Louis. Yeah, we we got some strange people listening to this program, Big Dog, but we enjoy, we appreciate each and every one of our listeners. I know I can say that on your behalf as well. We have the best handles of any of our uh, of our listeners. Yeah. Our handles compared yeah. to other shows' handles. Some people looked at your picture and they said the same thing about you. <laughs> Thank you very much. 888-463-6748. Why am I putting out the phone number? we got to sign off uh, today's particular show. Beat the Schmoes tomorrow, Big Dog. Uh, I warned you last week, and I think I gave you the right warning. Do your homework, but not too much. Don't overthink it. You've been on a roll. Just kind of ease into it, okay? That's the way I've done it for eight years now. I just look at the point spreads and whichever one looks best. I mean, I I try to do it for teams that I've watched. Yep. And I'll throw that out there, people. Go on gut. Go on instinct. we got to talk some Bear Packer also. Big game coming up Sunday at 315, correct? It's a 315 game? I'm pretty sure. Not oh, Sunday night, show. but it's a 3:15 kickoff. That works into my schedule particularly well. Thank you very much. Yeah, it does, and 
basically I was going to have to catch the end of the game, but at least I'll catch the end of the game, which is excellent. So. Mm-hmm. And also uh, one of your favorite baseball books is turned into a movie. It debuts this weekend, Moneyball. We'll talk about that tomorrow as well. I know you're yeah. excited. Billy Bean getting played by Brad Pitt. Yeah, and Jonah Jonah Hill also with a, a significant part. It's supposed yeah, to be, supposed yeah, to be yeah, very yeah, good. getting four star, four yeah, star, five star reviews good. across. The I don't board. know how close it follows the book, but it sounds like a pretty cool movie. Yeah, I, I don't know how they made a Hollywood movie out of it. I never read the book. It's funny mm-hmm. that you said you called it one of my favorite books. Oh, I, I, I thought, never read it. I thought you gave me the book. Oh, that was Brian Bauer. I apologize. Yeah. Speaking about which, by the way, Brian will be in the studio on Monday. So a football recap on Monday. We'll have you, me, and uh, Double B, Brian Bauer, ex-co-host. I'm just going to call in on that day, Coach, because it'll be after the Bears-Packers game. So God I'm going to be a little hungover. Beautiful. Dog, uh, have a great day. We'll see you out there tomorrow. And uh, be careful those large tour boats, okay? Hasta la vista, baby. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Two guys and a mic will be back at you 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. Don't be late. David Olson, producer, great job as always. Have a great day, everybody.